Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. In this episode, we'll be exploring mediation, what it is and how it can help you negotiate a lasting agreement that works best for everyone, including your children. Hello and welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Jennifer. And we are here to help you navigate life after separation. So my name is Jennifer Sanders. I am a family law mediator. I run a mediation practice called Sanders Mediation, and I serve clients all over Ontario uh, with virtual uh, video conferencing. So I help separating couples uh, come up with legal agreements peacefully. So we work on communication. We're going to talk about that today and as well the legal side of it, like property division and child support. I also offer marital mediation services if people want to try to stay together. And I'm doing this personally, too. So I am a single mom. I'm divorced. I have three young kids. So I'm also trying to maneuver this uh, co-parenting world myself, too. And I'm Ashley. I'm also separated. My former spouse and I went through an extremely high conflict separation, but after lots of therapy on my end and learning how to communicate effectively, we're now in a much better place and are co-parenting our two-year-old daughter. So in the early days of COVID isolation, I started a TikTok account called The Conscious Co-Parent and began sharing videos about relatable parenting moments, as well as tips and advice on how to co-parent peacefully. And then a few months in, my account basically went viral. And at that point, I realized that I have a real passion for helping people. Now I'm training to become a certified divorce coach so that I can professionally help guide others through the separation process, as well as help them build a foundation for a positive co-parenting relationship. So diving right into mediation, let's talk about what it is because there's a lot of people out there who you know may have never even heard of this before it's not Mm -hmm. really necessarily a new practice but what is mediation um and and what do you do in in your practice yeah so as a mediator sometimes a common misconception is that i am like a judge or an arbiter so i am going to listen to both sides and then tell people like what they should do so that's not what i am um as a mediator a big part of my job is being a facilitator Mm -hmm. so i'm listening to both sides i'm trying to understand where people are coming from and their different perspectives and helping them figure out an agreement, figure out a peaceful way through. I'm also trained in family law, so I understand what needs to go into an agreement that will become their separation agreement. So I'm also guiding them through that. Um, As a mediator, I don't give legal advice like a lawyer would, but I give lots of legal information. So we're talking about what would typically happen in Ontario and some ideas for them in terms of co-parenting and that sort of thing. 
So yeah, as a mediator, I'm asking tons of questions and trying to understand people and trying to help them find that that path through. But what about people who are in these very high conflict uh, situations? Because I know lots of people who I've spoken to, just family and friends, people on social media, mm -hmm. um, you know, they come to me and they say, like, we can't agree on anything. We can't even be in the same room. So mm -hmm. is, you know, that that type of scenario, is that someone who should really just be going directly to a lawyer? Is that someone who could uh, benefit from your services as well? Yeah, so I see, yeah, people ask that question all the time, and they it's actually not even as a question. They usually state it to me. They'll just say, well, I couldn't have used a mediator because, you know, my ex is a jerk or we were fighting too much. But to me, those are the people who can get the greatest benefit from mediation, right? Certainly, if you're already amicable, a mediator is kind of a no-brainer because mm -hmm. why would you pay lawyers? Um, but people who are very high conflict might end up bankrupting themselves and just battling it out for, you know, however knows whoever knows long. Um, but with me with mediation, they can really find some peace. So I find that I have worked with couples that cannot even be in the same room with each other. Mm -hmm. So uh, literally I was, this is before COVID. So we were meeting still in person and I literally was like going back and forth between rooms to try right. to, yeah, to try to find some common ground with them. Um, so in some ways in mediation, high conflict, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's a it can be workable because when people are yelling, they're they're putting all those issues right on the table. So you right. can see what the problems are. And I just listen and I can start to pick apart, you know, really what needs to be dealt with. Yep. That's really interesting. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but one of the things that is really important to me in my journey in becoming a coach and something that I know you believe in too is you know, figuring out how to communicate along the way, because you're going mm -hmm. to come to an agreement at some point, whether you spend a hundred grand with a lawyer or you come and see you as a mediator, use a, co a coach, whatever. But, you know, once that agreement is done, it's not like, okay, see you later. You can ghost your ex and, and that's it. Yeah, right? bye like, bye. This yeah. person is in your life you and in kids. your kid's life yeah. for, for forever. So, yeah you know, if there's all of this fighting and contention for, you know, however long it takes to get the agreement in place, like that is not setting a good foundation to co-parent with this right. person. And yeah. that's, it seems like that's something that you really help couples work on. Yeah. So that's a big part. I mean, certainly when we do stuff like property division, division that's like, okay, we've, we've hashed out these numbers. We're done. Let's move on. But that more would be like the parenting plan that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So even a lot of things that we talk about in mediation aren't in even things that would ever sort of be or argued out in a court, um, but they do become really important when you're trying to co-parent. Mm -hmm. So for instance, we talk about, okay, extracurricular activities, who's going to these? What's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. So yes, we figured out who's paying for them. Are you guys both taking your son to hockey? Uh, can new partners come? Are grandparents coming? How are you going to communicate what the schedule is? How are you going to figure out the travel team situation? Where are you staying? Like, so we talk that out. Mm -hmm. um, pickups and drop-offs, typical, if you're going to a lawyer, you're going to maybe have an agreement that says your times. But then in mediation, we may talk about, okay, so let's walk through what those are going to look like. Right. So your, your pickup time is six o'clock. Are you feeding him dinner before you go? And is this happening in the driveway? Are we cool with going in the house? And we actually talk that through. That is so yeah. important. Yeah. Like just, I mean, in my own personal experience and as I kind of 
mentioned earlier on, we have come to a good place. We're very close to finishing our separation, but in early days, it was complete hell. It was a total disaster. We ended up having to get a temporary court order. And, you know, the judge was very fair at that time, but what she assigned to us, it worked for a very short period of time because our daughter was very little, but like she quickly grew out of the stage of of what worked then. Do you know what I mean? So like we all of a sudden had a schedule that didn't really work for him or for I, it wasn't great for our daughter, but we were kind of stuck with it. So I love that the service that you offer really gets to the nitty gritty. Like you said, where, where are you meeting? Are you meeting in the driveway or what's, what's going to work? Did you, did they eat dinner? Like, you know, that's so important. And that's a super common one that the pickup or drop off will be this sort of taught like gray area time of dinner hour right it's like mm-hmm. six o'clock okay like are they fed before that or like 5 30 right yes. it's like well who's giving dinner then right yeah. so you need yeah. to like work that out um I've had couples get like built up resentment because they always had to feed dinner right yes. so it's yeah. like it yeah and I do try to in mediation of course you know build that into the discussions that hey guys like this probably will change mm-hmm. and you can come back to mediation and, and we can talk about that whenever you need to, or yeah, we're, we're setting good enough ground rules that you can have that discussion. Like, right. okay, you know, bedtime's changing now, or now we've got different extra extracurriculars mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So um, yeah, we try to just open our minds a little bit to be able to have more open communication. Like if, yeah, in your situation, like I have couples doing an agreement for, kids that are two, that's not going to be the same agreement when that For kid their is whole 15. Life. No, yeah, no, it's yeah. not going to make any sense then, right? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we can have discussions about that. It is a bit more fluid document, especially when it comes to that parenting plan. So then what? It, let's say you, you help um, myself and my former spouse come to an agreement. Um, and we want to revisit that a mm-hmm. few years from now. Can we come back to you? Do you offer like a a bigger package or yeah so actually for my clients I always offer a reduced rate if they're returning because I always like know the situation and I just feel really passionately about that mm-hmm. like I want people to be able to continue peacefully and I would I want to encourage them to come back mm-hmm. so um I I try to have a really open door for that that yeah instead of making it cause a fight just come back and often in those situations it just takes a little bit of tweaking so mm-hmm. it's not a big process right you're not reopening everything you're just maybe looking at one small area yeah so sometimes you know it's very common it would take an hour um just to chat that's easy yeah for sure so on that note then um how long does the entire process uh how long does it take from start to finish because i know um having i was on track to carry out my separation through the court system and certainly with the way things are going with covid right now Mm. that would have taken you know, months, yeah. uh, possibly longer than a year. So how are you offering your services now in person or is this web-based and how long is the entire process? Yeah, so I am based in Niagara region, but my practice is almost exclusively online now. So mm-hmm. um, I do have clients all over Ontario. So we are meeting virtually in Zoom and Clients really love that because it you can do it from the comfort of your home and especially high conflict. You don't have to be in the same room as the other person. It works really well. Mm-hmm. So I could just mute their volume. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just like, <laughs> nah, just like turn it right down, right? I've yeah. had enough for today. Yeah. <laughs> Cover up the camera, that side of the camera. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. They're in their own home. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to, I meet with each person individually. So those individual meetings happen and then we move into the joint sessions and usually I'm booking appointments any like a week or two weeks apart. Okay. Um, I have had clients that really want to move through quickly and we'll do longer sessions like several in the same week. So that's possible if people mm -hmm. are like ready to go. Um, typically for most typical situations, we meet three times mm -hmm. and in the joint sessions and I usually schedule two hours. So it's three, two two-hour sessions are is like the typical amount of time mm -hmm. some people are shorter um some people are a bit longer and then I draft up the agreement for them so most people are done within a few months like tops um that is nuts in yeah. a good way in a yeah, really yeah. good way yeah honestly that yeah. is amazing so yeah everybody listen up take <laughs> note okay yeah this is the route this is the path you want to take it's yeah, it's and and on it and to be really honest with you, it's in those situations it could usually be you could easily be done within six weeks, but mm -hmm. it's typically that there's a little break in between some of the sessions because people need to collect their financial information. Okay. Which is not complicated, but it's going back and you know credit card statements and bank statements and different things like that. Sometimes people take some time if they're trying to meet with some mortgage brokers and financial people and decide what they want to do with the house. Right. Like people are just taking breaks to make some choices. Um, but honestly, if someone had everything ready to go and they just want to keep meeting, they could easily be done within four to six weeks. Like Amazing. not a problem. Yeah. And even yeah. in high conflict situations, it's like, incredible, yeah, truly. Well, and the length of time I find in itself, the short length, the short duration of that helps to lessen the conflict, yeah. right? Because you're just getting it done. Like, mm -hmm. so, you know, when you're passionate with lawyers and it's just dragging out and carrying on mm -hmm. it's just more stress and more resentment and more problems building up right yeah so people get relief once they're in the process and they can start yeah and um you know on that note as well when things are really intense and you're dealing with a lawyer a lot of time you are advised to not communicate with your right. ex unless it's an, an emergency situation and yeah. that tension oh my god like personally i know when as i said when things were really bad and we were not communicating at all like that drop off uh drop off pickup transaction was just horrendous like you yeah. could honestly cut through that tension with yeah, a knife and that so was even stressful. with me trying to be you know like hey like yeah. you know try, <laughs> trying trying, trying. Yeah. yes I mean we can't talk to each other but I also don't want my you know one-year-old at the time to burst into tears because even she can feel it so tension, yeah. yeah yeah so I think that is really important as well just to backtrack a little bit because you're talking mm -hmm. about collecting financials and all of that what mm -hmm. What does somebody need um, in order to call you and book an appointment? Like just if you can, I, as I said, we're backtracking a little bit yeah. here, but someone calls you and says, you know, I'm, I'm interested. What do I do? What does that what does that look like? Do they need to have anything prepared ahead of time? They really don't. So that's the nice thing, um, because typically when people call me, they're super stressed and they're confused. And they don't really know what to do. Typically, one person usually handles the finances. So the other person is a little bit, you know, shell shocked and they're they're worried about how to do that. But we walk through that. So mm -hmm. that's part of the process. So when I'm meeting individually, we'll start talking about that. I give them a checklist of documents they can prepare. And then we start to talk about that in the session. So in the first session, they typically won't have everything, but we talk about what they do have. We talk about what's still missing. 
Um, and we just kind of go through that and, mm -hmm. and we can pace it towards what people need, right? So right. some people need more time um, to collect things and make choices. Some people are ready to go. So that's nice. Yeah, we can just pace it and kind of ease into it. That is usually in most situations that I find that's like a major stressor for people. But as soon as we have that meeting where we start talking about the finances, they see that it's not as stressful as they thought. And it's like take they're like, OK, all right, I see like I'm going to guide them through it. And yeah. Do yeah. couples ever fix things or patch things up as they're going through the mediation process. Yeah, they do sometimes. So I always have to, it's a little tricky because sometimes I do get people and one person is very, very hopeful and the other person is not. Okay. So yeah, so we want to set expectations that mediation is not to fix marriages, but um, I do offer specifically marital mediation. Mm -hmm. So if that always comes out in these intake sessions. So okay. when I'm meeting with people individually, that's one of the things I'll ask them. Like, is there anything that could happen that would, you know, make you consider a reconciliation? Are you open to that? Is that something you want? And then I'll ask the other party that. So I have had a situation where they both said, yeah, I, I really want to reconcile. Um, so then I was able to facilitate that and they ended up you know, wanting more of marital mediation because they actually did want to try to reconcile and wow. see if that would work. Yeah. So, and then of course people sometimes come just for that mm -hmm. right off the bat. They know that they want to try to make it work. Um, so in that case, we're doing a lot of the same mediation techniques, all about communication and figuring out, okay, guys, like you want to stay together. So we're not now trying to come up with um, how we separate, but what are the factors like what do you each need from the other one to be able to stay together? So mm -hmm. what would that look like? What boundaries do you need? What do you need the other person to do? And then they're both agreeing to that. And then we come back in another session and we check in and say, okay, like, did these things happen? Right. So it's very like goal-based. And the nice thing about that is that it, it lets them, a lot of times these people have been just back and forth in this marital conflict for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So I find marital mediation is a great way to show them really concretely, like, okay, you, you're making progress. Like these two things happened. We can clearly document, you know, we've documented it. It happened. And sometimes it shows them that it's not happening. Right. So sometimes that's helpful too, that it finally is a place for them to be able to get some closure to say like, you know, you outlined those things that you needed to happen. They did not do them. Right. So now, you know, what decisions do you want to make? So it gives people clarity either way. So mediation again is I'm never going to tell you, hey, you're wrong. You need to do this, mm -hmm. but really help you guys talk to each other and help you be heard. So what I can do is, you know, ask those questions about like, okay, did you hear what she said? And like, can you explain that to me? Like, and make sure that they're both able to communicate, express themselves, but also be heard too. Right. So yeah. And then they can try to make their own decisions about, okay, how do you guys want to move forward? So what if, um, and I, I feel like this is fairly common based on who I've spoken to and who slid into my DMs or just, <laughs> yeah. you know, friends, family, whatever. Yeah. Um, it seems like typically one person is a little bit more open to mediation overall. Like, is that a barrier to success or is that like a common thing that you see? And, um, you know, is it still possible if you have, if, if only one party is really willing and, and wanting to be a part of the whole process? Yeah. So 
of course I always work for both people, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is, you're right. It's really common. And, and for a variety of reasons, sometimes someone just wants to be difficult. Sometimes someone is really not ready. The other person, mm-hmm. a lot of times, the other person's been thinking about separating for a really long time. So mm-hmm. it's been on their mind, they've planned it, and then they kind of drop the bombshell with the second person. So they're not ready mm-hmm. yet. So it's not necessarily that they don't want to do mediation, but they're just, their head is not ready. So it's something that's different in lots of situations. I say like, as long as someone is like willing in some way, they're going to come in the room mm-hmm. and I can start to talk to them, then we can tailor the process to what they need. So sometimes I'll have that conversation with them and they, and I can see that, yeah, they're not opposed to it, but they just need some time. Yeah. And then I can talk to the other person and say, okay, look, they're going to be part of it, but like you you need to slow it down a little bit here. Mm -hmm. They're not bringing all the financials next week. Like it's going to, and I just had a case like that where the one person I had to just level with him and say, look, like, she's going to do this, but you got to wait. Like you've got to give her time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Is, that, is this like a conversation that you would have one-on-one like during the, say the initial intake or um, like, do you ever speak with the parties one-on-one once the process has begun or is it always just the two of them? Um, so different times. So some, yeah, sometimes for sure I do. So once the process has started, um, sometimes I'll do sort of more like conflict coaching. So in a okay. case like that, um, I had done the intakes and then we were starting the process and he was just like pushing way too hard. And I could see her just, you know, just retracting, right. Yeah. And getting angry. Like mm-hmm. it was just creating conflict. So then that was an appropriate time for me to talk to him privately and, and ask some questions about the situation and just give some, you know, we figured out like, okay, I think you're, if you give her space, like things are going to go better. Gotcha. So we did that. Um, in terms of getting people to start the process, I always offer like free phone consultation. So mm-hmm. if you want to contact me, I talk to them for about 30 minutes for free. And a lot of times that consultation is someone who says, okay, like, how can I get him or her now to, to come to you? Yeah. Um, so sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes they're going to have a conversation with them first. I will send someone one email, just kind of introducing myself and letting them know about mediation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can also feel free to have a phone consultation with me. Um, so it's really a variety of ways, but I find like once we just meet the person and we come to that intake, then they get to know me and they get to know the process and then we can kind of tailor it and slowly move forward. Uh, and there's situations where, you know, I see everything, right? Where the other person's already got a new partner lined up or whatever. And I can, yeah, again, ask them questions around that. You know, do you think it's the wisest thing that we introduce the new partner right now? <laughs> or like, what would it look like if we waited a few months? Like, we're, you know, and just help them try to see, like, in your best interest for what yes. you want, you, you got to slow it down a little bit. Right. So it's helping people just get some, I mean, it's always such a highly charged emotional time, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, slowing things down, looking at it from some different angles that maybe they're not seeing. Right. And helping them ultimately get to like what their own goal is. It's not my goal, but where do they want to be? So we are going to have a question segment of this Mm -hmm. podcast. And um, one, I I think this should, for episode number one, let's just do something really general that I know I hear all the time and I'm sure you hear it too. So many a time I've had someone slide in my DMs and ask a question about, you know, something they need help for a particular issue. It'll it'll go kind of like this, you know, we were texting about this or that. And my first reaction is, 
you were texting. Yeah, yeah. Here There's is, your first problem. Yes, yeah. first red flag. So in terms of communication, well, um, you know, overall um, throughout the entire process and even when you are done the separation agreement and you're co-parenting, what do you recommend as the best method of communication to help keep conflict low or from happening altogether? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like this question because you can get kind of creative. So first 100% no texting. So I, <laughs> yeah, I say to my clients, I just had to this week, like, has texting, have you ever resolved something over text, right? right? And you yourself, I could ask myself, I never have, no, right? It's I, a hard no. It's escalated yes. really badly, but I've, nothing's ever been resolved, right? Yeah. Um, there's just something about it. It's too quick. And I think the other thing about text we don't think about is that it catches you at some inopportune time, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't realize and you feel like you have to respond. So maybe you're angry at something else or you're in line at the grocery store or what you, you're just not present to yeah. think about your response. So bad with the texting. Um, but I understand that sometimes it's my understanding with the phone. It's like if you block, then even the phone number is not going to work. So you mm-hmm. can't necessarily block someone from texting, but you can say, you know, I'm not responding or just don't respond. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do better on phone. They, they, aren't the yellers and screamers and they can just speak to each other and that's better. Mm -hmm. But I find any time that you can like insert time into it. So one thing that I find often exes need to figure out is that you may have been used to going to that person before with like every little question and like, Oh, she forgot her code or what about, Oh, I thought, I thought you might want to do this for dinner or whatever. But that it shouldn't be happening anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you have to save them up, so your questions or your issues, whatever, and you might be saving them up for, I know couples that will do like they're amicable. So they'll do like a monthly coffee or Mm -hmm. a FaceTime call. FaceTime's awesome. I'm I'm, like a big proponent of that. It feels very real. You're Mm -hmm. still seeing them. You're getting the eye contact, but you're not in the same room together. But if you're forced to save that up, so you're like, we're going to have our, you know, first Sunday of the month at 7 p.m. call, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's bi-weekly, whatever, all of those little piddly things are going to end up being erased, right? Write them down. But when you get to that day, you're going to look at your list and be like, oh yeah, that's, it doesn't even matter. It's irrelevant. Exactly. Now it's irrelevant. So you're going to get into that habit of like just saving up the big ones. Mm Um, in higher conflict, I do recommend, um, email with a third party. Mm-hmm. So you actually have to send your email to a third party first, some unfortunate individual who might get, um, so we're hoping that if you know someone else and then they will forward it, right. right. Is the idea. So you won't accept any direct email from mm-hmm. your ex. It has to come from that third party. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's if things are very high conflict. And then if they're fairly, you know, they're okay, they're amicable, then just email is a great way. Um, it's doc. I like email too, cause it's documented. Mm-hmm. So I often will tell people if they're, um, exchanging information about expenses or whatever, like put it in an email and then you've got it all there. Yeah. So I think it takes, again, we can talk about that in mediation, but yeah, think about it. Definitely no text, but anything <laughs> that kind of makes you wait, right? Yeah. Like puts, puts some more time and thought. Um, then... I found it therapeutic too. in sending, you know, if I feel the need to respond right away, sometimes I draft an entire email totally unfiltered and it's awful. Like definitely it should not be seen by anyone on this planet. <laughs> 
I can barely <laughs> reread it sometimes. It's so horrific. Um, yeah. And then just delete. Yeah. And I feel a, like a sense of relief because I've like had that vomit that's like, you know, yep. exorcist green vial is just spewing. It's gone. And then take that time. And like, yeah. you don't, you're so right. You don't need to respond in 99.9% of cases. Yeah. Nothing needs to get attended to that minute or yeah. it would have been a phone call That's and right. you would have discussed it right away. Yeah. And so often, you know, how you feel even five hours later is yeah. different once you're maybe, because I, I know me personally, I get a lot of contact during the day when I'm at work and I have a stressful job and I don't want to project any of those stressors onto yeah. him or onto, you know, our situation. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. Got to just put some time in there and yeah, make sure you're present with it and thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think we will wrap up here Yeah. and thank you guys so much for listening and for watching us on YouTube. Make sure to like and subscribe and uh, stay tuned for episode two, which will be coming out next week you guys can uh, follow us on all of our social media platforms as well as send your questions rants or even if you want to share a win that yeah. you feel no one else will really give a shit about but we definitely we, will yeah. be here to cheer you on you yeah. can send that to your email which is yeah my email is jennifer at sandersmediation.ca and we'll be happy to answer that on the following episode again guys yeah thank you and we'll talk to you next week bye bye